Welcome to the Fearless Launching Show. I'm your host, Ann Samoylov. Today, I decided to bring on Josh Anderson, who's got some stuff to talk to us about, about building great team cultures. Now, as you know, or you might not know, I just announced a brand new class that I'll be teaching in just a few short weeks, depending on when you're listening to this. It is going to be a live two-hour workshop where I talk about building and training your launch team especially. That is a very specific uh, skill set and a, and a specific method that I have because I've just been on so many makeshift launch teams. And I'm sharing all of that with you. It is something where you can send your team members to it. You can attend it yourself, even if you don't have a team yet. So go check that out at ansamoylove.com forward slash shop. And I will put the direct link to the class in the show notes below. But if you go to the shop, you probably will find a bunch of other free resources that you want. And you'll be able to sign up for this class, which is does have a small fee to attend. But it is certainly the most affordable investment to kind of get yourself moving and get your team learning how to launch. So let's dive in now to culture, the conversation of culture with Josh Anderson. And I am so excited to introduce you to him. Thank you for joining me. It's Sunday. Hey, it's great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's <laughs> Sunday. Exactly. Later in the afternoon, even, which I'm not even an afternoon person. So I know. I'm not either. It's so such a weird time of day for me and for, you know, to keeping Mila and we're going to head. We're actually going to we're going to join the Russians at the beach in a few minutes. They're on some inflatable boat that we're going to witness either them popping and landing in Lake Washington or something of that nature. So it should be interesting. So. Uh, for those of you guys, you guys don't know Josh. Josh, you are one of the first, uh, actually, you're probably like the third male in the year-long, year and a half that I've been doing the podcast who's been on my podcast. So awesome. welcome, sir. Thank you. I wish I would have known that. I wish I would have been first. <laughs> I know, right? But, like first or last, one of the two. I guess I'm the last one, so there you have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, you're the last one. Um, <laughs> so, So I met Josh... I want to say now it's been like almost a year and a half, maybe two years, two years. Yeah, two years ago, we met because a mutual business associate friend who owns a co-working space nearby was going to be, was interested and kind of called me into it and said, hey, we're thinking of doing this thing called House of Genius. And House of Genius is, this is how I described it, a Mass, uh, like an anonymous mastermind meets Shark Tank meets a little bit of the profit from CNBC, if you've ever seen that show. And it's really just, a, it's a place for entrepreneurs, like three entrepreneurs come in, they present their case, they have a, they have a problem and they get advice from a room full of strangers. And it's, it's uh, scary if you're the person up there, but it's amazing. So uh, Josh and I have well. I'm not so much a co-organizer anymore, but I'm still involved. I'm in the I'm in the House of Genius family still, and very interested in its future. So so that's where where we met. And now, just so you guys know, Josh and I. Well, we've been trying the last few weeks to regain our you know Friday morning accountability calls. Yeah, because awesome. yeah, which because Josh is doing some really interesting stuff, and that's why I wanted him on here today so that we could talk about something that I know a lot of you guys are interested in. And first of all, that's teams. 
So you see where I brought you on here now? I love it. Shazam! Surprise! <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Exactly. So, so I'm so specifically. Josh is is an expert and is passionate about building basically amazing team cultures. But there's a big reason for that. And so, first of all. Tell us a little bit about your history, what, where you got this whole thing with team, where, where you became interested in team culture in yeah. general. What sparked that? A couple of things. And let me, let me kind of, just, if you don't mind, just back yeah. up, kind of go random. It's just kind of, just because then people have a little context of who yeah. I am. I'll yeah. go back a little bit in history. And that is that as a kid growing up, <laughs> I was a big dreamer. And I love to dream amazing things. And I think people's favorite pastime was proving or condemning or stomping on all of my dreams and telling me they couldn't be done. So, <laughs> what I know, is that sad? And Whatever. So I, I, the, that's, I'm not a victim of this. By any means, it's actually a really good thing. What happened was I just developed this attitude of, of I'll show you. Right? So, all my whole life, I've kind of been in this I'll show you kind of attitude. And because of that, I get attracted to projects that are kind of things that people don't think can be done. So if they can't, if, if, they, if there's like, there's no way that's possible, then it's like, that's, that's when, when I get activated and I'm like, oh yeah, we can do this. And I get, oh yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you exactly. And so, you know, I worked at Microsoft and did some, you know, for 17 years, we did some really big, amazing things. I loved it because I started in 1989 mm-hmm. um, and I actually started, I went in there as a sales guy to sell, you know, programmers library on a CD-ROM, which CD-ROMs were brand new at the time. It was so funny to programmers all, you know, all over the world. And, um, it was a, it was an absolute blast, but I, I wrote that we, we we did so many new innovative things that really sparked what I what you know my imagination of what I wanted to do and the kind of impact that we were able to achieve was was just was just phenomenal and I, I, I love that and what I noticed was that there were I did some really big things at Microsoft and I'm happy to describe those if you want to but I noticed that we really had two halves of Microsoft and that was the Bill Gates half. And the Steve Ballmer half, because I went, I, I actually left in 2007 after about 17 years at the company. And wow. the two halves were very interesting. So to answer your question is that the first half was a, was it was a, you know, the Gates era was this a, a very intense, amazing time where Gates was not a nice, friendly person to go and have a business meeting with. He was brutal. But he was brutal intellectually. And he was continually in an intellectual argument. So we had a culture that valued intellect. And we also had a very flat culture, so anybody anywhere in the company could challenge anybody else intellectually, and the, the, the one with the right idea would win. Brilliant thing, but we had a lot of passionate people. You hear about the ideas of people in the room swearing and you know, bouncing off the walls and banging on tables. Yes, that happened. Yes, I was part of some of those. Some of, them were, <laughs> some of them were absolutely devastating to people, and some of them were absolutely uplifting and amazing things. So all of kind of the above happened. Then we kind of had this changeover with Balmer that came in, right. and what happened with the culture was it was driven by him, and it turned from intellect, which he wasn't the equivalent of Bill Gates by any stretch of the imagination. He was a great rah-rah guy. He was the VP of sales. Unbelievable at that job. In fact, he was one of my favorite people at the company. And then he became the CEO, and he became the, 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 the worst person at the company in my eyes. It was horrible. So the, the, what, what ended up happening was we went from intellect to a political culture. And I saw that and felt it hands on. I went from uh, being in heaven, uh, getting paid, can't, you know, unbelievably getting paid. Uh, meaning, I couldn't believe they were paying me to do this amazing work. I loved everything I did to hell, 
to, I couldn't do anything. I, it was very hard to even function. I still, I, you know, I still stuck around for about 10 years after he came in, but, uh, I really shouldn't have, I should have left four or five, six years early, but I was stuck. I was institutionalized, if you will. And I realized that was a lot of pain and joy and a lot of reflection I'd had. And then I've, I've, I've been part of the startup community in 2007. I, I left to go do my own thing and start my own business. And I missed the whole dot-com era and finally was able to have enough strength to be able to leave. And uh, I realized as, as I was working with a customer that um, that, 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 that the kinds of things – actually, with, with one of the first startups I, I got involved with was the kind of things I, we did, which we failed at miserably, was the best time I had in my life. It was amazing. And as I got involved in these companies and reflected on my history at Microsoft, even companies before that, I've been recognizing over the years that these amazing startups are coming around doing amazing things with cultures, and the kinds of results they're getting are just absolutely phenomenal. And I recognized, oh my goodness, culture is the differentiation on, as I've examined my career, on every situation and every company I've worked in, bar none. It's responsible for everything you do. It's huge. It's very hard to talk about. Right? It is. It is. It's almost like this concept that people are, people think of a team culture as, you know, like what you get when you walk in, what yeah. your uniform looks like, what your attitude is supposed to be already. And just, I mean, I, what I think is interesting about what you were just sharing is like, wow, you kind of went into the, it's kind of like the first half of your Microsoft experience was the, I'll show you. Everybody had that kind of mentality, right? They absolutely, it was, we were underdogs. Good point. In fact, that's why we got in trouble with the DOJ because we were still, <laughs> once we were a monopoly, which we were a monopoly. I'll say that now. I didn't say that back then. It was vehement, uh, but that we weren't, but we, but we, we, we still had that attitude of underdog when we were a monopoly. So we were, we were more than just competing fairly in the marketplace. We were about crushing the people we were working with, which is another thing I came up with, which was I recognize that there's a big difference between good competition and bad competition, right? And cultures can drive either one. And good competition, I remember this from, you know, I was young, playing basketball with people. And we'd go play, and there's two kinds of people. There's the kind that when you make a shot, they, they, they congratulate you and they compliment you on how good you did, right? Because you made a shot against them. And then, and then there's the kind that, 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 that yell and scream and kick the walls and get all pissed off that you made a shot on them. It's all it's, – it's so what the, their, their idea is they want to be able to – the whole purpose is to beat you. And that's the only value in it other than raising the competition bar. Competition is wonderful. It raises things up. If I go play – if I go shoot you know, uh, basketball for four hours just practicing by myself, I'll gain a little teeny bit. Let's say X. But if I go play with someone for half an hour, I'll get 10x worth of, 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 of value in, in, in uplifting my, my talents and my abilities in, in basketball. Yeah, and I would assume so. that in that, that scenario too with – in that kind of intellectual place, you know, that your, your game was upped all the time because if it was like that flat culture, like more of that flat kind of – thing you know if you had an idea you could be going against you could be like going head to head with someone who in theory had a bigger higher position than you absolutely and so it just made you better it made you better when you could do that passionately and 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 you're open and you, you are not being blocked from a corporate mentality oh you can't tell i mean now it's the it's the typical corporation right oh you can't go say that to so-and-so Mm-hmm. That you know the you know the implications of they can you can get fired for that right I and mean, you would never hear that kind of talk because it was a very open environment and of course it was also the kind of the anti culture environment it was also the anti government environment it was kind of everything rolled up into one which got which probably all of the above got a little bit in trouble uh, eventually <laughs> as it got bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more bold so but, 
So what do you think then, like, just to kind of like for people who are, you know, especially since a lot of people who are listening are really just solopreneurs, maybe like they have a few people working, like, what do you see as team culture just so that people can really like, what is it to you or what? Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's hard. No, no, it's hard. It's it's a question. It's very hard to answer. And I think everybody answers it differently and it's confusing, right? It's a confusing thing. And most everybody will say something around environment. Um, you know, how you set things up. Um, I had a gentleman that is writing a book that I just, I love him to death, uh, that sent me a preview of his chapter, his chapter nine on culture. And his definition for culture, which he puts one in there, big bold, is, is the personality of the company. Um, all of these things that, that, that they pull out are, are all absolutely true. But here's the thing. So let me relate it to this. This might help them out a little bit. I want to relate it to business model. If we go back in time, uh, the, the term business model was defined by a lot of people in a number of ways. And when most people use the term business model, they were mostly describing the revenue model. How do you actually make money, right? What, 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 what's, the, what, what's the strategies and what are the tactics? You know, what, what are the revenue strategies and the pricing tactics? And that, you know, when, when, uh, when the a business model generation book came out and then uh, followed by um, uh, the startup manual by Steve Blank and followed by, um, you know, Eric Rees, the lean startup, bringing those lean principles in. Those three introduced a concept that said business model is not revenue model. That's only one small part of the entire business model. It's actually nine different components that work together. And if you can get your team to understand those components, you can now begin to share a common language, like what a pivot is or what a beachhead is or what a MVP, the minimum viable product, we've heard of any of those terms that are pretty standard now that are out there. Um, th- those terms are all from that language and that effort, which means that startups now uh, are, are on the same page and can innovate around business model. In fact, business model innovation has exploded, not just the technology that enabled them, but the thinking behind them has been pretty, pretty amazing. We have the same problem with culture right now. So I'm just illustrating that what, what I was saying before about is it is it environment, is it personality, you know, what exactly is culture? Is it the review process? Is it decision making? And the answer is it's all of those. It's it in fact there's about nine different components that make up, you know, the culture or so, and people don't really have their arms around them. And so when you start talking, Why do you think that is? Do you th- because they're just seeing it as this kind of it's too- noun or this like thing that just like your values yeah. are this, therefore you fit with our team culture. It, it seems like it's like this concept rather than something else. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're, I think you're right on. And that, 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 that gets me into a, an interesting place because what's, what I think has happened is that especially right now, I think we've culminated in this idea of having a culture. And I think most people have rallied in the world around, which is, you're going to know my response is going to be a negative towards this, right? But I got, not because it is negative. I think it's done a really good job, but they've, they've all kind of looked at this and said, we have a vision, mission, and values. And that's how we define our corporation is around those kind of core concepts, which isn't necessarily wrong, but again, it's only a part of it. And what, what those do is they, they don't, they, they don't speak directly to what you're trying to manifest in the marketplace. And they're also very, uh, very narrow, but they also are creating this situation, which is kind of anti where the world is going. What I mean by that is they're creating a, a static culture. So what happens is I hear over and over again, we have to watch who we hire because if we hire the wrong people, they're going to destroy the culture. 
So we had this thing, a noun, uh, you know, that called a culture. We built it up. We don't know how we did it or how it happened, but it does happen. We have no choice. Cultures exist. We didn't do it intentionally, but now here we are. And, and, and if we've hired the wrong people in, we get it destroyed. How does that square with the fact that you are getting uh, teams that are more geographically dispersed, that aren't able to go with each other, that aren't able to – this mission, vision, and values doesn't resonate and doesn't translate well to people who are trying to get actual work done. And so having a static culture when you have people from all over the world – that are potentially participating um, in your company because that's another thing that we kind of will get into is the borders kind of begin to break down between companies. And as that happens, things change. So I think what we've done is we've gone kind of, I'll just, I'll wrap this up, that we've gone kind of from a situation where we had, we started getting some focus on culture. People realized that they couldn't just treat people like animals, like numbers in this, you know, hierarchical industrial age, military complex system that, that corporations were built on. We've got to do something different. They've kind of put band-aids on it. We're kind of at a, at an area where we peaked in terms of what culture is as a noun, something you, you create and protect. And I think we're now moving on to something, in, at least in my view, this is, is, isn't something that I'm, I'm calling an active culture, which is instead of being a noun, something you have, it's something you do. And you do it on a daily basis. So what people end up doing is culture. So everything your company is about, the why, if you follow Simon Seneca and all kind of the, 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 the why, how, and what, um, all of that is culture. Got it. So I like that. So basically, culture is a verb now. It's an action. It's something that you do. It's a set of things maybe you do. It's like it's all of the above. It's not just some place I like that you let that you protect. It's not like we got to protect our culture. We got to protect, you know, what's this thing. We don't want one bad seed going in there and making everything go rotten. So I like that. But now my question is. But I'll let you go. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. The hard thing is, I think, for people, I'm just going to bring this up. We can talk about it later, is that when you say that, that, then they start thinking about, well, then. How do I hire the right person? Because yeah, how do I know they're going to fit? And yeah. it's so hard to and, and until you shift over to what an active culture becomes and what other companies. Lots of, there have been. I'm not. I'm not the new and in inventing a lot of interesting cultures that are out there that are doing amazing things. Uh, but but they are working, and there's a lot of stuff going on. And, and nobody's put what I'm hoping to bring to the market is nobody's put it all together to say oh. This, this is the totality of what culture is, and here's how to begin to have a common language and innovate around this. So now we can, now, we can take what other startups have done amazing jobs on, like Zappos, yeah, and, for sure. take, and, and take a company that, that, you know, that, that has a simple idea um, selling shoes and, and make it worth 10 to 20 times more than its nearest competitors that are doing the exact same thing for longer and even doing a better job and offering better prices. Okay, so okay, so right now my Sorry. my mind is blowing a little bit. Now I know we've talked about it's blowing up inside. No, but we've talked about this a lot, um, and I'm really interested in it because I like this idea that then then team culture becomes something just like you know I talk to to you know people a lot about in fearless launching. I talk to them about building their list, getting to know what their customers want. Like it's all about that kind of stuff. So team cult, team culture is this, is just another set of those things that will strengthen your business. So if that is true and like I think I think you've even shared with me some of this off off camera about how how does team culture help you 
like improve your business? Like, is there proof of that? I mean, you just mentioned Zappos. Like, um, do you have any kind of anything to say on that? Like, how does it help to grow your business, even if you're just starting out, let's say? Yeah. So interesting. It's um, it, 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 it basically becomes, um, you know, the, the everything that you really do and what you're about. And so I, so it, I'm kind of going back to the starting out. Let me just kind of highlight that just for a second. What you're trying to do starting out is you're trying to build a company you love. That's right. That's, That's what right. they're really trying to do and trying to accomplish. And if you're trying to do that, and, and what, what's hap- what, what happens is we get distracted because we get this thing, get distracted, called we need to make revenue. We need to get things done. And so we, we, we tend to start. We do build a culture doing this, by the way. Everything you're doing is creating and building a culture. It is happening. You are doing culture. It's just that you're, you're not doing it with the forethought that, oh, I'm building a repeatable, scalable culture that, that everybody can participate in and I can have it growing over and over time. So what it does is it allows you to, to actually create what I call a true north. Right. It gives you the it get, when you start understanding what the elements are and how they relate and you start defining them, you, you're, you begin to make better decisions and you begin to create this thing. This is how you grow it. Right. You begin to turn on serendipity, which I you know, if you're like me, I love serendipity. And, and yeah. I, I go back to my favorite quote by Louis Pasteur, you know, chance favors the prepared mind. The guy who invented penicillin it's because he did it by accident. Right. But he was prepared for it because he had this mold growing in his, you know, in his in his workshop and, and figured that in his labs. <laughs> so it's it's but it's that idea of how you grow and how you know what to do is, is through serendipity. And if you're focused on the wrong things, if you say, I need to earn revenue this month, I need to increase my revenue numbers this month. This is kind of like back into the eighties where everything was focused on the margin, right? Before it was focused on corporate values before that. Now people are focused more on corporate values, which is better, but they were really focused on the margin. What do you do with business? Business is about making money. You know what? Business isn't about making money. Business is about delivering value, creating, delivering value in the marketplace, right? You exchange money for that value. That's how you, how you exchange it. But when you focus on that, you miss out on opportunities because you're not focused on the right things. You're not trying to understand value that you're trying to create in the marketplace, which is my combination of values as well, right? Is that values aren't about creating value in the marketplace. In fact, just forgive me. I'm going to take a diatribe here. This may turn some people off. And I, <laughs> for, I, 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 I apologize for it ahead of time, but they don't, I don't mean that. It's just that you know, values really came about, to, in my view, from watching the world and watching people. I knew what's, when CEOs like Ballmer did certain things like creating corporate values, I knew that what book they were reading and how, why they were doing it. And values, in my mind, is a thing I call lipstick on a pig. That is, corporations are evil, right? Oh, let's put some values out there so we can have all of our people uh, and, and all of our customers and all of our partners believe that we're not evil. Hmm. when in fact that they probably are and it'd be better if they said they were they people it's that so because people usually know anyways (laughs) they do and say i'll go back to my example of microsoft it's what you know i i think that they're do you know what their corporate mission is right now no do you remember the original one one? no a computer on every sorry okay yes Yes, yes, you know this one okay yes so you you haven't heard in a while probably but a computer on every every desktop and every home all right. Yes. That was it. And it was very simple and, and, and it rallied people around. What is their current mission statement? Nobody knows. Interesting. It's all over the place. And, and, and that you, it's, it's, you, you're, they're, they're, they're not, they're, they're not, um, simplifying 
um, they're, they're not making it easy for their employees. This is what you want to do with your employees. They're not because no employees know it either. It, they're not making it easy for them to give their best towards a common, a, you know, towards a common cause and towards something that's realistic. So let me give you an example. The mission is something that's just made up out of thin air. Well, of course, all missions are made up out of thin air, right? Purposes, manifestos are all made up out of thin air. But Microsoft right now has been talking about innovation. Satya Nadella, in fact, has been saying to, to, to me, he's the new CEO of Microsoft, has been telling people, if you have any problems with innovation, come to me. And I'm, I'm sitting here um, kind of screaming because I'm going, what, what they don't get is Microsoft is not built for innovation. That's not who it is. So it's, it, it's a misguided, they get criticized for not innovating. And if, if I were them, if I were them, if I was the CEO, I would not sit there and say, we, we are about innovation. We want to innovate wherever we can because the market needs innovators. I would say something very different. I'd say, we are a big company with a lot of resources. We take really great software that is only available at a very high cost to a very few people. And we, we make it available to the masses at an incredibly low cost. Yeah. And if you do, so you're basically you're you're making your mission based in reality. You're making it based. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's not it's, like it's, this pipe dream. Like, oh, people right. want us to be innovative, but we're really not. But that'll be our mission. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna head towards that. No, your true north has to be based on reality. It does. It's kind of like dreams, right? So yeah. we all dreams. So I, I'm in this dream world, and I have this new coaching certification thing that I want to I want to help people with. But the the idea is is that you you. Everybody has dreams, but you, if you're, when your dream is an expression of your true purpose in life, your calling, your uniqueness to the world, it becomes amazing. And that's what's happening is you get this misalignment. So when people start doing culture, part of that culture is creating that purpose, that manifesto, changing the way you think about the world. When you're hiring people in, you're actually not hiring them in. You're enrolling them in your vision. You're finding people who are also passionate about your business so that you can give them ownership of it and actually and go out into the world, which is another kind of change in culture. We're kind of moving from this top-down empowerment age over to ownership age. So I know I said a lot there. Sorry about no, that. No, no, no. I mean, that, that's, that's really great. It actually just makes me think that perhaps we've been kind of too loosely saying team culture because it's not the team's culture. It's the culture of the company. It's the culture of the business. And yes, sure, the, the culture... It isn't about hiring. No, it's about... And that, that's why I think people are missing the opportunity, is that it's not about just hiring. It's about, it's about attracting people who are like-minded people, who understand your purpose and would want to work for free. Yes, exactly. And, and I mean, I've, I've actually come across those people that are just like ready to help. I mean, I'm willing to do that for many different people who I see. I love what you're doing, Josh. So I'm like, yes, okay, I don't care. Like you're coming on my podcast, dude. Exactly. <laughs> I need you to talk about this right now. So, but what I'm, what I'm thinking is that culture is something that drives how you build your list, how you, how you, what kind of customers you know, you, it drives all of that stuff, how you launch, how you write your blog posts, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and in fact, that's a good place to kind of stop real quick and say, yeah. the interesting thing about culture is that there's a fluffy side of it, which is kind of the purpose, principles, you can, old mission, vision, dreams, all that kind of really, which I love to play in by the way. So it's not <laughs> fluffy, but I, honestly, it's, I, I can stay all day there. Josh is a softie. Don't let him I'm fool you. Soft, I'm a soft, <laughs> love that stuff. Um, then there's a soft side of it, speaking of softie, right? Yeah. Now, actually, then there's a, that's the soft There's a hard side of this. And the hard side of this, the concrete side, the kind that's realistic, that's measurable, that's, that's understandable, that are actually systems and things you put in place. 
And, and that's why you have to have, there's kind of, if you look at the business model canvas, and if you're not familiar with this, then I, I apologize. But the business model canvas, when you look at it, you go, oh, interesting. There's a line kind of down the middle of it. One side of the line is about market. The other side of the line is about product. And that's why the business model comes together. Mine is about kind of is is, is similar than with a line down. It's one side of it is is is, is the is the uh, uh, the fluffy side of it, the softer side of it, the, the the stuff that's much more intellectual and it's much more hopeful. Um, and on the right side of it are the actual things that are getting done, how things are happening in the organization, what they're going to be, how they're going to be represented, what people are going to see, that kind of stuff. And and that's why it, it, it becomes this all encompassing piece that people could begin to take a look at it and say, I see how this stuff fits together for the first time ever in, in, in a total kind of worldwide view, which is what I, that's, so that's the book I'm writing. As you know, that's what I'm yes. kind of <laughs> jumping in. Like, can you yeah. give me one of those, um, more tangible things just like to, can you give me a, can you give me a taste of those? Even though I've seen, I've seen your canvas, I know you, you showed have. it to me, <laughs> so, I, but I, like, can you share well, with, can you share with people here? Like, one. um, you know, uh, uh, I can give you one, um, okay. decision-making. Okay. That's, that's one of the tangible things is exactly how decisions are going to be made. And there's a range of things you can do um, around decisions to begin to innovate around how those are going to be handled within the organization. Hopefully, you're going to look at some attributes. I've got uh, one thing I did show you before I know was the uh, I kind of have this chart that goes from here's what culture was in the past. And I list about seven character at night. Yep, actually, nine I remember that. Yep. And then here's what. Here's where we are presently, which gets into the you know the cultural fit, the corporate value. Lots of we've talked about, right? Even gets into the market where we've gone from push to pull. That's popular now with inbound marketing, personalization, recognition. Um, you know, you you get into things like people now move from productivity to leadership, things like that. All of those in that column, we're now moving to a, a, a you know a more interesting place. And these characteristics are the things that you can look at and say. I can innovate around each of these characteristics and I can make sure that as, I, as I'm doing my decision-making, I'm thinking about certain things. Like, for instance, one of the core guiding principles I believe going forward in culture in a distributed environment is moving away from empowerment, right? And moving – I'm going to go back one more. Moving away – we've already moved away from top-down. Remember, it was top-down. That's right. Being told. We've moved away. That's the military style. Then we moved to this empowerment thing, which was talked about in the 90s but never happened. It was just people saying people were important but was what was never the case. To really the last 10, 15 years, we've gotten to some serious empowerment with some wonderful businesses out there. I think we're moving now to a place in decision-making around ownership. Yeah. Which means, which kind of goes along with another thing that you're doing with your people. Because I know some people have questions about who they hire and why they hire them, right? Yeah. And kind of got skills based people. I think I've moved from, I think we're moving them into a different area where you're hiring people who you could think of becoming their own masters of, of their craft and what they yeah. do. They align with your principle. And that's how you start getting these people that no one thought there was any value in, and you can. They, they, they just absolutely blossom under you because they're aligned and connected with your purpose. They're owning the things they're doing and they're, they're creating their own mastery of, of what they're about, which means their human capital element in your market is huge. But anyway, that's no, it. you know what? That's actually interesting. It reminds me of um, when I was working with this uh, woman, Laura Roder, I think I've, I've mentioned her to you before, but her, she had a, I mean, she was really clear and she, I, I mean, I'm assuming she still is, but she was really clear when I was working with her on the types of the decisions that that were hers, kind of her calls. And, but most of them, she was just like, your call, your call, your call, your call, because she actually didn't want that decision making. She wanted to, it was beyond empowerment. It was like, you own that. That's your kind of realm. 
I love that. And so that was a very active way that she did that. I mean, she only, she only, things only changed. Let's say if something didn't really go as according to plan, then she was like, okay, well maybe that wasn't their call. That was my fault that I didn't just take that decision. Uh, but in general, I feel like that's I've okay been. Because yeah. That's okay that's the ability. People need to make mistakes to learn and grow. And you, and you have that. We had that in the, in the 90s at yeah. Microsoft. Really, we did. It was very flat. I mean, we, I mean, we had some crazy people. We were young, we, you know, very young, right? Very crazy young people doing these things that other people and other organizations took years before they get an opportunity to do them. And we weren't always successful. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a big change for people who are maybe, I mean, I don't want to say like anything regarding age, but there are some of us who have worked in that top-down corporate environment. And it might, I mean, I know I had to do a lot of unlearning just to work with, just to work with Laura because I wasn't used to not getting an approval at every stage of the process. And I didn't want to go forward at every stage of the process because I was used to like, you know, agencies and this and that and the other thing, having like their say and their feedback at every point. That's a beautiful one. So I'm just curious, how are people, how how do you think, uh, who do you think are going to be the most successful at kind of doing this? I mean, I I think, I think first, so I I think it's kind of a, um, when you, when you disrupt an industry, you disrupt anything that's going on. Um, It's always, it's always the rebels that people look at and eventually say, why are they doing that? How they do that? And then eventually it gets adopted. Yeah. And, and it just, it, 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 so it does take time and I think it trickles down, but I think, I think that there's a bunch of people there's with enthusiasm who, uh, and, and there's a bunch of people, there's everybody, I think culture is hot right now. And I think that the, uh, especially if you go to, if you go to any of the, what, what's, you know, Richard Florida calls the creative centers across the United States, right? He, he talked about the creative class. I don't know if you've heard of Richard Florida, but, uh, the, the idea that we've got these creative centers where all the wealth is, is, is centered now. And it's like, it's, it's amazing. As soon as you get away from these centers, the wealth goes way down. These creative centers, the people who are growing up in them that are doing this amazing work. I think that they like Seattle, like Seattle, like Seattle, <laughs> like Silicon Valley, absolutely. New York, you know, Hong Kong, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Singapore is, a, you know, Amsterdam. There's some I mean, there's great work going on everywhere. And, I think when I think that, that that in doing that that cultures are beginning uh, and people recognize that when you when you talk with them you get a sense about them a lot of them are doing it just by braille so they're just doing it because they're really interesting they're really intellectual and they they they, they love look startups love to disrupt and so I, I can almost tell you know if you if you like the word disrupt and you like disrupting the way things are going on you're probably going to love culture and you're going to love everything that I'm, I'm about right now. And, and absolutely, because it's, it's, it's about that. And that's what it's all about. It's about transforming it later on. It won't be later on. It'll be the thing people do kind of like missions, you know, value, you know, corporate values was, you know, it took a while for it to get into where it was something that just everybody kind of does. And now, like I say, now it's really boring because it's, everybody does it. And it's, I look at it and I go, yeah, well, whatever. It's not quite there. It's out there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I, that's, that's interesting. You know, I just, I definitely think about it a lot and I think my mind has definitely opened since we've talked and cause I've always been thinking culture had to do with, you know, the type of people you hired and their work habits and, and, you know, their personal responsibility and their ability to be proactive and all, all this other stuff. You know, I mean, I don't know if you read that book, um, Lynchpin by Seth Godin. I didn't, but I love, I love Seth Godin. Yeah, I would highly recommend that. But um, he does talk about becoming more indispensable wow. as you 
as oh gosh, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna totally lose my train of thought. But like as you say with an organization, and as you just slowly kind of have a little bit more clout, you have that ability to to switch, to make that switch and to kind of be that person on the team who comes becomes indispensable and to create these changes you're talking about. Even yeah. though you might not see it, even though it might be a very typical culture, I mean, corporate environment where it's like, duh, 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 whatever, there's like 5 million steps ahead of you, yeah. you get to a point where you can then branch out and have impact in different areas. You know, I love that. And, and as you spoke, what, what, what you're painting in my mind i'm going back to a funny thing do you remember do you remember tom peters i don't know no so tom peters was like this motivational corporate speaker that you know okay. i think he may still be on circuit who knows but he was very much all the rage in the kind of a, in the in the late 80s and through the 90s kind of a thing right and i had his i had an opportunity to see him he did a big thing called the brand called you and he was really if you ever get a chance to watch him he was very very outrageous he did he was the one if you ever heard of that that did the brand called you that's that's his that's his component and it was, it's actually pretty fascinating uh, because no one got it when he did that. No one followed it. They're all like, yeah, 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 whatever. But he was, tw- he was, it reminds me of, of, of myself in some ways in this way, not to put myself up there, but, but he, he was about 20 years early because that's what's happened is, is everything you do is a, is a, creates your brand. It's a product of your brand. Yep. And, 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 and every, if you, if you look at branding, in fact, I, I can take a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a sidetrack on branding is. Um, we have a lot of people who are into branding, branding strategy, et cetera. And I, I can't tell you the number of people who, who, when I talk about what branding is, they sit there and go, oh, yeah, because it seems so abstract. Your branding is this thing where you have a cow and you have a, you have, you have a farm and you say, you know what, I want everybody to know it's mine. So you put a mark on it to make it yours. Well, what happens with brand is that uh, when, when someone comes and, 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 and they steal your cattle, um, if you go out and hang that person, you, you, you stop at no end to hang them down, you get a reputation. Those actions you take, all of a sudden, other robbers come and see it. You know, they will, and, and, they're, and they're like, "I'm not." Gonna That's right. Brand branding is the actions that you take. It's not just the pretty picture. It's, it's not, not the fonts. It's not the colors. It, it's part of that. That's like the soft of, side. It's simple. It's a simple that presents <laughs> your actions, right? Yes. So it's meaningful, but it's meaningful because of the actions you take. Of course, it's yeah. always great to start as you're starting out. A lot of your solopreneurs are starting out, and you want to have a great brand that attracts people right away. That's attractive. That always helps, right? If you can get your name and your branding down, so people are always like, "Oh, I want to hear about that," just because I like the brand, you know. Um, so. Oh my goodness. Well, okay. So I'm going to cut for just one second. I have to. Uh, I am on 13%. I don't know where my charger is. And I just wanted to check my 13% um, battery. Okay. So we should, we should, we should wrap up. Anyway. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally cool. I just have the, the last question I want to ask are basically like three things you think that even someone who's just working by themselves can do yeah. right now, maybe yeah. just some really simple things that they can take. So that's what I'm going to jump in. Is that cool? Oh. Yeah, I, I, that's cool. So I'll, I'll make I'll make these these short and sweet. So the first thing is um, start doing culture now. Okay, hold on. Don't. Let me ask you for real. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I. What's that? I'm gonna go back in. <laughs> back in. No, no, no. Like, cause I cut for a little bit. Now I'm off. I'll edit this part out. Obviously. Okay. Okay. So. Josh, I have to then ask you, because I'm all about taking action, and I want to start doing this as well. Like, I I am already in that very much, I'm already into, you know, not even just empowering, just giving, giving someone ownership of things. I looked at your list, which maybe at some point Josh will share his, where we're going to now, as far as, oh, like, the... Um, 
the culture is, but what three, what three things could, you know, someone who's bootstrapping, someone who is maybe even just working by themselves, what can you do now to kind of start planting those seeds of culture so that when you are ready to hire, it's almost like people are already attracted and already want to work with you. Yeah. And I think so. The first thing is, and I'll make it, like I said, I'll make these very, very, very simple. The first one is start doing culture now. So don't think about it. Wait for what ends up happening typically is people wait until they start growing the organization. And so they get into really bad habits quickly. And, and it's, you know, I, I, let's let, let's, let's talk about it from afar. I said, I was gonna make them quick and here I am going off on a tangent. <laughs> it's all good. Farmer, and, you're, and you decide to plant apricots, right. And you're about halfway through growing that tree and you say, you know what? I really want I really want cherries. This is culture is that important. You, it's the seed. So it's the first thing you need to do. It really, and that, that, that's the big takeaway. And that's what I'm going to try to prove in, in the book that I'm, I'm coming out, that this is the first thing you should do. Um, the second thing is, is start shifting to an active culture and that, and that thinking and how to do that is to, is to really, uh, first thing is to align yourself around your purpose. So if you're thinking about yourself as a leader in the organization, um, leadership has really changed pretty dramatically. And the way that you manage people has changed pretty dramatically. The way you attract people has changed pretty dramatically. And I know we've gone from kind of the productivity years where management was about how do you make people more productive over to the leadership years where it's like, I'm going to lead and tell people what to do and have a clear, compelling vision to this area, which is much more grounded. It's like, make sure that you're the holder of the creator and the holder of the purpose. If you can do that, everything becomes a lot, a lot easier. Um, in the short term. So it's about then that, then that second action is really just about define, define your purpose, define your why, like Simon Sinek says, but define that and share it. Yeah. And, and when you're talking to potential employees, potential, potential hires, what, whoever they are, make sure that they understand that who you are. And I think that, I mean, that goes across the board, everything you're doing really. You know what? In fact, you and I should do another one of these at some point on there's a thing on Simon Sinek that I told you about that actually I know how to implement the why and I could, I could get into what that sounds like and feels like. Um, but, but I have but it's a, it's a, it's a different topic. I love that. I'd love to. Yeah. Go. You know what that, because that the book is really inspiring, but for me, I need like, how, how do I do it? That's the thing. I, I, well, <laughs> I, I was doing some work in a different area that, that had to do with the why. Um, but I was doing it at a, at a mechanical level. And so when he came out, I loved him to death because of what he did. And in fact, I was envious of his model. I was like, that's, I just loved it. But at the same time, what I had that he didn't have was I knew, I knew, I knew why did what it did. Which, and so I can give you the mechanics of here's how to apply that. Oh, and then, and then once you can apply it, it makes obviously then it becomes useful. It becomes a tool that you can use all the time to get the value. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> yes, we're definitely going to have to talk about that. Um, okay, so let me so just – I'm just going to ask you um, – I have one more quote, one more to go though, right? Oh, my gosh, you do. You do. Okay, one, the last one we already talked about, but I, I'm just going to say that um, start thinking about um, giving employees ownership, what that means for you. How you can not empower them to do stuff, not delegate, but actually have them craft and create ownership and let them, in other words, help them like a child, help them to grow and become something amazing. So that's because they will surprise you to no end. So if, if you're doing that, and I'm going to go off on this just a second, but if you're thinking, okay, get yourself in that mindset of giving ownership, that is then going to give you the who do I hire? It's going to give you that information because someone yes. like just a, maybe a VA, like a lot of people are thinking, I'm going to hire a VA from the Philippines. Well, you're going to be managing them then. You're going to be giving them tasks. They're not necessarily going to be able to take ownership. Who can you hire 
if you're planning on hiring someone who can just take ownership, like I work with a woman like that right now, she just takes ownership. She tells me when there are things to do. <laughs> That's the time. And, and, and the more that you can support that, then what you're doing is you're supporting her in her pursuit of, of, of mastery, which may mean that, that, that what she's doing as she discovers you know, herself and what she's all about, that her calling may be beyond what you're about. But, but when you're, Oh, it absolutely is already. I, I already knew that. I was just like, you're an expert. I know you'll own this. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's great. That's great. Oh, my goodness. See, I could keep talking about this, Josh. That's a thing. Me but too. also, Josh is helping me uh, embrace the keto lifestyle. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're partners in crime now. I know. Now I'm going to have to, yeah, I have to give you a full update on that. But I, I think I'm feeling stronger going into this week, by the way, on that, on that tip, because I feel like I was just kind of feeling it out, how it felt to eat those types of meals, but wasn't really being uh, regimented. Anyways. Yeah, I get you. I see, get you. when Josh and I talk, things go off the rails and we'll start talking about working out. And then an hour later, we're like, yeah, so what's going on in your business? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's true. <laughs> it's true. That's life our culture. This is life. <laughs> business should be life. You know, well, let's not separate them. Let's not get a balance. Let's have life. Let's just, let's just, yeah. let's just say that we're doing for our businesses. We'll have something that is just constantly a wonderful culture where every minute of every day you're harvesting. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So Josh, tell me how can actually tell all of us, how can someone learn more about you? Can we go over to LinkedIn? I think that's where you, that's where you, yeah, you are, right? Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn for sure. Um, you can, you can, you can hang out me. I'm, I'm on hangout all day long. So people can actually get kind of like having the old days of the phone, right? This is, I love, love hangout. So I'm Josh D Anderson. That's it. I I captured that one. I went so that was a good Skype. Josh D Anderson at outlook.com. Right. Okay. On perfect. Skype, I'm Josh D. Anderson. It's true what I just said. So they're 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 fairly consistent that way. Um, I'm also on Facebook. They can reach me there. Um, and if you want, you know, for anybody who's listening who wants to get some previews, I'm I'm actually coming out with a book, and I'm in the process of of putting that together to go after a publisher and all that kind of good stuff. But I'm going to I am going to start selling over the next month pre copies of the book and offering a discount, all that kind of good stuff. If people want to get involved with me, if they want to try to get, if they want to give feedback and, and, and hear it and have that interact, you know, there's a, there's so much value from being able to take stuff, absorb it and give feedback. When you give the feedback, it's like giving, I, you've heard me say the gift of accountability before. Yes. Right? Yes. Actually finding something within yourself that you can, that you can make part of who you are. So you actually, you increase your value in that case. So in, in that way, I'd love to be able to give the people who also are curious and, and, and want to expand their knowledge um, and their thinking around uh, culture, what it can do and how it can impact um, a gift, if you will. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. So take him up on his offer, people. Josh is awesome. Well, Josh, I really appreciate you hanging out today. And I know we have much more to talk about. I was like, oh, no. As as you were finishing up just now, I was like, oh, my God, we didn't talk about that. Oh, my God, we didn't talk about that. I know. We have so much. Like, there's, like, there's like presentations. There's, there's like, this, the other thing we were talking about, certification that you were just talking about. That. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. So there's, there's, there's a lot that Josh I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. Sorry. You got me off. Yeah. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll have him back on the fearless launching show, uh, in the future, the very near future, maybe when we're talking next on some Friday, I'll just hit record and say, okay, we're going to just talk right now. <laughs> Exactly. I love that. That would be great. Oh, also, if you guys are in the Seattle area and you want to check out the House of Genius, we are 
doing that. I'm not sure when the next one is exactly. Do you know when the next one is, Josh? They, it's, it's early September right now, so we're just locking it down. It will be at WeWork. So if you're in if you're in if you're in Seattle area in early September, or if you live in the area, one of the, you know, then, then 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 let us reach out to us. We'll be happy to get you in there and get an invite. Yeah. Uh, we have two opportunities. You can come and watch, and and uh, the people in the audience can actually ask questions as well. So there's an opportunity for that on a more limited basis. Or you can also apply to be on the panel, which we can. We only have 20 people at the table that can be on the panel. The panel is so cool because so you much can fun. test who you are and how you know. I want you, you know all yeah. this. Just letting them know. I this. don't even know if it, you could, I could handle being the presenter or the panel for the current structure, just because I would be like, ah, but because I'm such an introvert, but. It's an amazing experience, like because now I've been on both sides yeah. of that. Yeah, and we're, we're making it better. This is new, so we have a new format. And the, okay, the, the old on. format was about intellectual rush, and this one, this this one, we're we're we're, we're working towards it. We've got we've got a lot of moving parts because it's a lot bigger yeah. and much more impactful. Uh, but but we're trying to figure out it's it's morphing and changing a little bit. Yeah. Like anything else. Yeah, I mean, I actually really enjoyed it the last time that I went. So, guys, check that out. Houseofgenius.org, is it? Houseofgenius.org, that's right. And then you can also check out WeWork, which is where it's going to be. It's a really great space. So, definitely, you know, check that out if you're going to be in Seattle. Uh, we'll probably both be there. So, you can definitely talk to Josh and find out more about him there. So, Absolutely. Any closing words? Anything else? Anything you just want to share? Say, well, just thank you. This is great. I love it. And you know me. I know I probably talked too fast in this as we were going through it, but I I, I get passionate, especially when these open ended things. You, if you let, if you ask an open ended question, I'm, I'm not going to be able to shut up. That's all. <laughs> You're like, oh, and one more thing. Let me give you some backstory exactly. on this. But there I've got go. a whole bunch more, right? And yeah, you, know, you realize how much the, we're both sitting there go, but we have so many more things to talk about and explore. It's just amazing. So. I know, I know. All right, Josh. Well, have a good rest of your day, and uh, we'll talk very soon, I'm sure. All right. Thank you so much. No problem. See you. Bye. Bye. OMG. Now you have a little bit more info about really what it means to have a strong team culture. Josh really was so generous with his time and I know he's ready and waiting to connect with you over on LinkedIn. So follow the follow any links that we've got for him in the show notes below and keep this conversation going and ask yourself how maybe you can do some work on your own culture and how that can impact, help you grow your business, help you have better launches. All right. And again, thank you so much for listening to the show today. I will see you. We'll be back here again next week. Talk to you soon.